So this week we're off to Kenya and a special farm called Muri that's organic. So as I said at the start, we're off to Kenya and to uh, the Muri farm, which is a new coffee for us, um, first year of having it. And just last week, I was actually there uh, on the farm um, and visiting uh, for the first time. It's an estate coffee, and estate coffees in Kenya have been on a massive decline. They used to make up 70% of the coffees in the market. Um, they're narrowed down to around about 30% and reducing all of the time. Uh, this is because of the urban sprawl of Kenya and how there is a big push on land for development, for shopping malls, houses, hotels, restaurants, uh, and all the investment that's going in there. Um, but this is an estate that still remained. And the really interesting part about this estate, that it is organic. I have never found an organic coffee from Kenya before. This is the first time that I'd tasted one. Um, and uh, I was really excited that it not only was organic, but passed my taste test. Um, it passed that it had got the quality as well as that badge. But what I wanted to talk about today a little bit was about what's the difference between an organic farm and a non-organic farm, or an organic farm and an organic principal farm and a, and a conventional farm. Um, so organics is obviously something that's been certified by, uh, there's a number of certifying bodies, people like the Soil Association and, and, and all sorts of other things, uh, Demeta and, 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 and lots of others, who will go in and inspect the farm on a yearly basis and make sure that they're following those organic principles. Organic principles are things like not using pesticides, using natural um, uh, kind of fertilizers, not putting any chemicals into the ground, um, but also making sure that things are uh, separated and there's no chance of cross-contamination um, and things like that. Now, organic certification happens in three places. It will happen on the farm, as it has with this one. It'll then happen with the exporter, which in the case of this one, they were also um, certified organic. And then it happens at the roastery. So we have to go through a set of principles here where we are checked on uh, making sure that we're clear with labelling, there is no cross-contamination, we are um, cleaning down machines before they're used for, for roasting the organics. So there can be none of those uh, chemical things passed over. So that's the organic. What is organic principles? Well, uh, if we look at somebody like uh, Alejandro Martinez in El Salvador on Finca Argentina, he follows organic uh, principles. So he does all of the things that somewhere like Muri would do, but when it comes to the certification, he doesn't see any value for him the paying the many thousands of dollars that it would cost him to be certified and following through with all of the uh, the different things that the, the hoops that you have to jump through and the paperwork that needs to be filled in because you know we're going to buy the coffee anyway he's already found a buyer and found a way of adding value by having a, a loyal and trustworthy and damn good looking buyer um, so he doesn't need to go through that whole certification process but he he believes that he doesn't want to put chemicals into the ground but we can't call it organic so he follows organic principles and then the third meant the conventional farm, they do what they want. Now, a lot of the time they can do what they want, but they also don't put chemicals in the ground. So a lot of coffee can be organic, even though it doesn't have that certification. So why would you go through the effort of certifying a coffee for organic? Well, 
First of all, there's a demand for it. People want it. People want to have that reassurance that he's been checked. And, you know, I, I know Alejandro is a very trustworthy and honest gentleman, but he could be pulling the wool over our eyes and spraying chemicals everywhere. Um, there is a cost to it, which puts a lot of people off. Um, but there's another part. So when you're organic, your hands are tied. So somewhere like um, El Salvador is another perfect example where they had a leaf rust outbreak uh, around about five, six years ago. Ali had no alternative but to spray his crops with something to stop the rust killing all of the plants on the farm. If he had been organic certified, he would have gone out of business. He wouldn't have had a harvest because a lot of the farms around his farm are abandoned and they weren't controlling the leaf rust. So every time he applied a, uh, an organic style uh, herbicide, it just wasn't strong enough because the wind would blow the spores of the leaf rust onto his farm and mean that the, uh, the coffee would get reinfected. So he had to have a more aggressive approach to that. Um, so he was able to break those organic principles in an emergency. Um, and it didn't feel very good to him and he wasn't very happy about it, but what else is he meant to do when his business is, uh, is at risk? Muria found a way that they haven't, they've been okay having their hands tied um, and that they're happy and they get a, um, a bonus, a, a premium for their coffee when it goes to auction. So in Kenya, there are t three ways of selling coffee. One is selling uh, on a direct contract one is selling at the auction to private buyers and one is selling at the auction to huge buyers. And now the huge buyers will buy the poorest and cheapest of grades, but if it's organic, it will always get a premium. Um, and then the auction prices, the organics tend to find that premium too. So it's a complex and interesting, um, interesting problem um, and an interesting situation. Um, talking about uh, difficult and uh, interesting problems, it's time for Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. I'm sorry, it's that time of the vlog where we go and talk to Roland, so let's go find him. Oh, we should approach with caution, he's looking rather blank and vacant, but then he normally does anyway. Um, hello Roland. Hello Steve. You have to wait until the microphone goes, hello Roland. Hello Steve. Do you have a daft fact for us this week? I do, Steve. Go ahead. Did you know that the Biodynamic Association who provide our organic certification was founded in 1929? This coffee isn't biodynamic though, is it, Roland? No, it's organic. And they provide the organic and the biodynamic certification. So that's a good fact, Roland. Thank you. So time for some coffee, and uh, before we get to that, the Instagram competition, that the prize that money can't buy, well, it probably can buy nothing, to be fair, but is um, snail brewing coffee. Um, and the reason that I chose this one is that it's a bag of Kenyan in my mug, and this week is a Kenyan in my mug. So thank you very much for your contribution. Um, I think we've had snail brewing coffee before, but... Um, keep posting great photos like that then you're going to keep winning aren't you so into the coffee so the first thing you know like kenyans washed kenyans for me are full of acidity quite often it's black currant quite often it's lemon but for me this is grapefruit you've got a real kind of grapefruit zesty burst with it a um, little bit of lemon underneath there as well beautiful white sugar sweetness really delicious cup like kenyans in a chemex 
Kenyans in the Chemex um, are fantastic. For me, it's my favourite way of brewing a Kenyan because you get all of those clean flavours come through and because of the thickness of the paper, it just makes a little bit more clarity in there than you might get from another brewing method. Um, big fan of Kenyans in Chemex. Big fan of you watching. Please do come back again soon. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. For that one, you can jump in and say, it's Christmas. Mm. If you'd like to. No. <laughs> <laughs>